Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. I'm in a great mood. How are you? (laughs) We just had the best, like, five minutes of our lives. Yeah, it was good. To preface it, I'm several margaritas in. So, because I got home and I was like, oh, I don't feel good. I have a headache. Like, what's wrong with me? And I like opened a beer and I, <laughs> I took a, a drink. Sip, and I was like, this beer tastes bad. And then I opened my fridge and there was like instant margarita. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I salted the rim of a pint glass, filled an entire pint glass with margarita. And now I'm on my second one. Hell yes. So that turned the night around. And then you telephone called me. Mm-hmm. On the telephone, and I As answered. I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Tell me more. Tell them what happened next. <laughs> and we got on our internets, and we mm-hmm. had a Facebook message from Dear Mason. The yeah, anticipation we sure, we is, sure kill, <laughs> is killing everybody. They're like, I don't fucking care. Okay, listen though. No, 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 no. We're not going to tell you about our secret message. It's I'm just between gonna, us and Mason. <laughs> I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say. Mason messages at. 8, 17 p.m. on whatever day this day is. And it was the perfect timing because we were both on the phone together. So we both on separate, <laughs> on the same account, but in different time frames, time zone, we're in the same time zone, but in different fucking forms of being, we're responding to the same man. He's talking to like a fucking schizophrenic. You're like happy. I'm like shit-faced. Like he's getting advice from both of us. It's amazing. He was, it was so horrid. And then we started fighting. <laughs> it was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> we did fight. We, we were yelling at each other via his Facebook message. Um, but he took it in stride. He's the best. Thanks, Mason, also, for being he said chill. he didn't think we were going to respond. For everyone listening, we are not we're do- we're like we're like not famous like we're not like we're nobody so like we're gonna respond to our emails like that's rude <laughs> you think i have anything better to do oh Hit my god <laughs> i was playing like this cat game on my phone earlier like i have nothing else to do i will respond nothing. to your emails hell yeah give us your emails Tell if we don't anything. if we ignore your email for some reason it's because we're saving it for later for a and d that's the only time we don't respond is because we don't want to like blow our load in the email and then like not be as passionate about it on air <laughs> True. Or we hate you. So. Or it could be that we just hate your big f- guts. We just hate him. I hate <laughs> those guts. Hey, Flora, anyway, how's your, how's your th- week going? Wait, shout out to Mason. I love this man. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, done man. and done. <laughs> okay, it's happened. My week has been good. It was, vi- it was, uh, it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure was. And for everyone who's listening, I'm one of those forever alone people because I don't like people. Right, you do. Yeah, you like so, very few people. Yeah, I like you and, like, your mom. I was just going to say you this time, yeah. Oh, no. She's listening. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like me. <laughs> she doesn't listen anymore. Um, yeah, it's really just you. So I um, yes. had a good day at work. I made Valentine's for all my animals. It was cute. very cute. Um, and then I went home. And I think that's it. Wicked. <laughs> Did we Sounds talk wild. that day? I think we talked that day. We talk every day. But we talked to that. We recorded that day. We recorded our patron bonus episode. Yes, we did. Yes, that's what I did. If you guys want to listen to that, you want to hear things get steamy and hot and and frothy. Frothy? Sure. Uh, then go Weird. ahead and check out our 
our latest Patreon episode. Yes, it was about... Patreon.com slash Keeper Chat. If you want to hear about Flora's most favorite animal in the entire world, check out Patreon. Yeah, we get really excited. Um, But another thing on Valentine's Day, so you know, everyone knows that listens that there's an orangutan or two that throw shit on me on a daily basis because they hate me. Yeah, love them. So I was with an intern and I was like, let's just run. We just, we're just going to go. And I was like, they're going to throw shit at us. And she was like, oh, really? Why? And we're like halfway through. And I was like, because it's Valentine's Day. And she was like, what? I thought there was like a real reason. I was like, nah, dude, they can't throw shit on Valentine's Day. She's like, yes, they fucking can. What? She thought I had like some secret, like, oh, they're busy or like whatever. Nah, dude. It just would be offensive if they did. And they did just be like extra rude. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to so do that. We made it out alive. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Because I don't know how else we would be recording, but I'm glad to hear it. Honestly, if I died, I would haunt you for the rest of my goddamn life. So I'm pretty you sure we could already still haunt me. You already <laughs> haunt me. My life would be unchanged. That's so true. Whatever. I don't know. I'd be like, I'd be like Grimer. I think I'd be drippy. So there might be a bit more drippage in your life. You and I were made to be Grimer. <laughs> oh yeah. Did I call him Grimer just now? Yeah. Ooh, words came out of my mouth. Did I say Grimer? Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. and then you said something about dripping. Okay. For some reason, I was like, oh, did I call him Dripper? I'm the worst. <laughs> Isn't his name Slimer? <laughs> no! That's what's wrong. Okay, something felt wrong. Well, we would be Grimer, though. That's so true. We're, we're getting into copyrighted material here. We got to tread very carefully. <laughs> I'm Grimer. And I'm Primer. Put me on before you paint a top coat. Great. Now we're into Transformers. You're Optimus Prime. Michael Bay can sue us. Michael Bay can eat. Michael get. Michael (laughs) get. Oh my god, he'd be so lucky. Don't even lump him in with that amazing community. I know. That was offensive to all of the gay community. I'm so sorry. I hate Michael Bay. That was just a flub. We're getting a flub off topic. How was your week? How was your week? How was yours? My week's been good. I have a number of stupid injuries to share. Mm. You ready? I'm always ready. Okay, one. Definitely pulled a muscle in my butt today. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how, but it's been spasming off and on, and it is extremely uncomfortable. I think I was stepping up on a stair, because that's exciting, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. That requires a lot of effort. Injury number two also happened today. I picked up a piece of browse and it accidentally touched my bare skin and I broke out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love because that. Because apparently I'm allergic to the entire world. Plants plants are gnarly. They just get in you. They get you when you least expect it. That's the thing. Yeah. And my arm just like immediately like bubbled up and became inflamed. I was like, you're okay, like, calm oh, down. no harm, no foul. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna touch this. And then it's like, yes harm, yes foul. <laughs> Yeah, my skin's like, mm mm, mm mm, time to die. Do you remember die. when we used to do, we used to unload our own hay? Um, oh my god. Actual bales of hay that weighed like over yes. 100 pounds. And first off, shout out to our old boss who the hay delivery guy was super sexist and he was like, these girls are gonna unload this tractor. And our boss was like, listen, these are the fucking strongest girls I know, and they're women. Yeah, was he the best. killed it. But also, I, think, we I broke just like out. shuddered when he said that. <laughs> I think I did. I think my heart exploded. But also, mm-hmm. we did break out into hives every time. Absolutely. Because did. alfalfa and hay touching my body makes me want to die. Yeah, I think that's the time you and I found out that we're actually allergic to those things. Um, yeah. On had, a grand scale. We had to start wearing face masks 
in a mm-hmm. hundred degree weather while unloading a mm-hmm. hundred pound bales of hay and alfalfa in a shed in a wooden shed <laughs> it was the worst we would always leave and literally just like hack up like actual pieces of hay would come out of my body yeah and then i would be pretty. rashy all day and like my face and like all of my skin was red the rest of the day and inflamed oh, oh my god really good it would cut alfalfa cuts my leg like cuts my yeah. thighs open yeah so then i started wearing pants so then it's 100 degrees right. and i'm wearing pants right. it's right. just bad anyway so that's that's that story that i wrote up no, it's all right. Um, I wanted to go into my Valentine's Day a little bit Please because, do. like, my partner and I had like a dinner plan. It was gonna be really nice, Aww. and Love I go them. to like crack open the wine bottle and, of course, like slice my finger open. I was like, okay, great, <gasps> cool, 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 cool. So I like clean the cut, get some first aid, go back to my business. I go to get some sour cream out, and you know <laughs> you do that thing where you like kind of like run your finger under the lid to like open it up because it's like a fresh like yes. container, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta. I feel. do that. You gotta feel. You gotta like you gotta you gotta wiggle it off a little bit. Um, I did that and like literally sliced the exact same finger, <laughs> like extremely deep, and I started bleeding everywhere, like gushing blood. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> the same finger in five minutes on Valentine's Day, <laughs> opening sour cream on this like, day. On Valentine's Day? On this of all days. Okay. Audacity. Uh, yeah. The audacity of it. I was furious. So, so anyways, I have two cuts on one fingertip, <laughs> a, a pulled out butt, and like a, a hive rash arm. So I I'm do looking a- extremely attractive. I think something's something in your home is cursed, because remember when your cat made me squirt blood out? <laughs> yes. I think we brought it up before, but honestly, it was the most insane experience of my life. Your cat attacked me, which I was, like, asking for it. I was shit-faced, off margaritas, mm-hmm. rolling around on the floor, just, like, taunting your goddamn cat. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, don't touch him. Don't touch his belly. He'll scratch you. And then I was like, I'm a goddamn belly. And he scratched the fuck out of my wrist, but he hit mm-hmm. the exact vein that was just, like, my heartbeat was pulsing, and <laughs> blood squirted into the air. <laughs> That was the only so time I've bad. ever seen that in my life. And you were so worried. And I was cackling because I yeah, was you are. shit-faced. <laughs> yeah, but I was also like, also blood squirting out of you. Like, let's Into maybe... your home. <laughs> yeah, in, just like into the air of my home. I was like, okay, maybe let's staunch this. I think we all did that. Like, I think we were all Pikachu O-faced. <laughs> when oh I was like, God. oh, he scratched me. And then we all like looked at my hand and it was just like... <laughs> Seriously, like cat included. He looked at it and he was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! That <laughs> like, blood! What, what I did is like five inches off of her body, squirting into the air. Amazing. All right, I think we need to um, get on to our animal of the week. This intro has been something else. If you guys stuck with us, God bless you. We're about to get to animal talk. Everyone I promise. listens in like five times speed, so it's like a second has passed. They're fine. That shit's wild. I accidentally bumped it once to a podcast I was listening to to like <laughs> like one uh, increment slower, and I thought I was like dissociating. Like well, I was like, "What is happening?" Of all the podcasts that I want to listen to, a podcast done by Chip and Dale and fucking the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks is not one of them. So the fact that people listen in like four times speed and I sound like a goddamn gerbil, it just doesn't sound fun to me. But to each their own. You guys have don't have time to listen to our long pauses. They're there for dramatic effect. It's comedic timing. 
please take a true comedy is class on funniness like we did yeah take take one and then you'll know and then you'll know Anywho, hey, tell you me. Talk about our animal of the week. Yes, because I don't even. I didn't even look at your poll. I don't know what this is about. <gasps> oh, it's gonna be a surprise. I asked our patrons this week to vote on not just primates. Oh god, the great apes. What great oh! apes do? Okay, uh, they voted for the orangutan. So they they voted it. for the shit thrower, did they? <laughs> did sure they did. vote for the shit thrower? Those funny little patrons love them so much. They sure did. You deserve this. <laughs> and actually, you know what? I deserve this because I love them. They're your favorite. I don't know if I mentioned this before. I love them. Are they this your favorite? Timing. Are they your favorite Ooh, of all time? That's tough. Because, okay, here's the hard thing, though. Like, there's a favorite animal and a favorite animal to work with. I feel like those are I separate. Know. Yeah, they're definitely in my top five favorite animals. We'll leave it at that. Cool. Um, I'll tolerate that. All right, the orangutan. Let's get into it. And I'm just going to preface this by saying that in order for you not to be able to track me down, because I will share anecdotes about different animals I have or currently work with, uh, I'm just going to say right out that I've either worked with orangutans in the past or currently work with them, and you don't know which is which. No. So do with that what you will. Maybe we're going to say their real names, or maybe we're going to make up fake names. Mm-hmm. Or so maybe... that what you will. Listen to this. Think about this. What if all this is a fucking lie, and I am a janitor at KFC? You don't know. I you don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, wouldn't know. Can we also just start the fuck out the gate? There's no G on the end of orangutan. Yeah, guys, guys, if you take anything away from this dumpster fire of an episode, <laughs> please understand that there is no goddamn G at the end of orangutan. It is yes. not orangutan. That's not what it is. That's not. That's not even like a lovable, like weird mm-hmm. variation mm-hmm. of it uh-uh. in a regional dialect. Uh-uh. Nope. That's just nothing. That's not what it is. It's mm-hmm. orangutan. Mm-hmm. Orangutan. Orangutan. <laughs> there's no G at the end. There's no G at the end. Hey guys, there's no G at the end. There never has if been. You there hear, never will. No. If you guys hear someone saying orangutan, or, I'm sorry, orangutan, you have my permission to shoot them in the back of the spine with an arrow. I will give you said arrow. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to be like, flick them. <laughs> uh, nope. No. You have my permission. Incapacitate them permanently. Come to me for arrows. I will disseminate them. You guys can do with them what you will. Uh, tell me about these big things that live in the forest. Drives me up the goddamn wall. Anyways, <laughs> orangutans. They are endemic to Southeast Asia. They're found in the islands of Borneo and Sumatra. So there are two subspecies. Actually, I'm going to edit that later. But there are two subspecies, the Bornean and Sumatran orangutans. They live on the island of, here we go, Borneo, or the island of Sumatra. That was your first plot twist of the evening. Get ready for more. (laughs) They are considered great apes. Can you tell me the other great apes? You didn't do Kingdom Fire. I can, though. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I, I'm going to say that gorillas are a great ape. Okay. I'm going to say that bonobos are, like, a great ape. Yeah, dude. I'm going to say that chimps are an ape. There you go. I'm going to say that something else without a butt. I'm going to say... Without a butt? <laughs> well, they don't have tails. Sure, but they definitely have butts. Okay. I'm thinking a lesser, like a gibbon would be like a lesser one, yeah? 
Yeah, I'm asking for the great apes, but that's very good. I'm How very many are there total? How many did I get? There are five total. Okay, orangutan, gorilla, bonobo, chimp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm missing one. Yeah, dude. What are the gross things that are in the primate section of the zoo? Um, this is hilarious because the answer is humans. Ew, they're the gross things <laughs> everywhere. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> ew, <laughs> That's a perfect ew. description. <laughs> Literally the perfect description. Yeah, so orangutans, gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos, and humans are all in the classification of great apes. So we share a number of similarities with them, but we also have some differences too, which I'll get into a little bit later. But you're absolutely right in saying that gibbons are also considered apes, but they are technically lesser apes. So they're not within that same great ape family that those big ones are, but they are distinguished enough from like monkeys per se. They, they don't have a tail. Separately classified. That's yeah. your cheat sheet. If you're taking a test and it's like circle the monkey, circle the ape, does it have a tail? Yes. Well, then it's a monkey. Does it have a tail? No. Then it's an ape. That's yeah, not that it gets kind of tricky. So, yeah, let's talk about that really quick, and then I'll get into their scientific classification. So cool. the difference is, we get this question a lot, between, like, orangutans or chimps or gorillas or whatever and monkeys, it, well, there are a bunch of them. But first off, if you're not sure, look for a tail. So check out that behind. If it's got a tail on it, it is not an ape. It is either a monkey or a lemur. So... Just take a look, see what you're working with, or it could be like a number of other smaller, lesser primates. But the big thing is, if it doesn't have a tail, then it's an ape of some kind. Yeah. Okay? Got it? Good. Next thing. If what you're looking at is your size or larger, you as a human or larger, and it doesn't have a tail, it's definitely a great ape. Yeah. Great apes are the largest primates on the planet. And in fact, gorillas are the largest primates on the planet. They can weigh anywhere between like 350 to like 450 pounds. So that is, yeah. Okay, but wait, wait, they're the biggest weight wise, right? Yeah. But like, I feel like orangutans are like big, like their arms are longer than a gorilla's, aren't they? Yeah, so, like, gorillas are a little bit different in that, like, they are usually taller They're solid as fuck. It's like Dwayne The Rock Johnson if he turned into a gorilla. Like, it's the beefiest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. Yes. But you are right. Orangutans do have, like, a larger, like, wingspan, quote-unquote. Like, their arm reach is bigger. But that's also not proportionate in the way that, like, humans are. Where, like, you know when you're, like, you stretch out your arms from side to side and, like, that's the height of your body? Yeah. That's not the case for orangutans. Their arms are, like, super, super long, but they're not that tall. So it's not proportional. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you look to see its size. If it's massive, it's definitely not a monkey. It's an ape. <laughs> Probably a great ape. If it's bigger than you, it's definitely a great ape. Okay. Uh, if it doesn't have a tail, it's also an ape. Um, and then also they are genetically... Very, very similar to us. So they are, yeah. I think, like, anywhere between 97 to 99% similarity in DNA. And they're all very social animals. They're all highly intelligent. They all have immense cognitive abilities. They're great at problem solving and critical thinking. And they have, like, some uh, amount of spatial awareness and reasoning. Mm. Mm. So, And they're also, like, sentient in the sense that they, they have awareness of what's going on around them and awareness of themselves to others 
in their differences. Well, and, and they, they can also tools. recognize themselves. Everyone yeah. gets horny over the fact that every like when yeah. someone uses a they tool, use they tools fucking... and they can like recognize themselves in a reflective surface, so they know yeah. that that's them. Mm-hmm. So they have like a certain amount of like consciousness in that regard as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. super yeah. super intelligent. We share a bunch of similarities with them, which I'll get into a little bit later. But yeah, love these guys. Let's talk about them. All right, Kingdom Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species. We're an Animalia Phylum Chordata Class Mammal. Order primates. Da da da. Oh. Uh, we get into some suborders and infraorders, but they're in the family hominidae. Ooh, and that's what we're um, in. Yeah, dude. And they're in the genus Pongo. <gasps> Pongo pygmaeus. That's it, dude. I know this because you say it all the time. <laughs> I do. Like I literally, every time I pick up the phone, I'm like Pongo pygmaeus. And you're <laughs> like, a- What's up, fauna? <laughs> good that's a good scientific name though like it's really i good. give it points for be, number one me being able to fucking say it and yeah. two the like alliteration is good it's really good mm-hmm. so the pongo pygmaeus is the scientific name for the bornean orangutan okay uh pongo abeli i think is how you say it or belai is the sumatran orangutan yes and then there are a few others which i'll talk about for <gasps> the end of the podcast but Questionable. yeah uh, Pongo is generally the genus for orangutans, and so that's okay. why you see a bunch of orangutans named Pongo. Yeah. Because that's why. And it's also, like, a really cute name. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. It yeah. definitely fits. So I, I mentioned that they're found in Southeast Asia, so they're used to kind of, like, those tropical, humid climates, and they're found on those island regions. So orangutans are interesting in that of all of the great apes, they are the most arboreal, so they spend the most of their time Ooh. up in the trees. And in fact, they spend... The majority, if not all of their time, up in trees. Um, orangutans that live in zoological facilities, you will see more often hanging out on the ground. But that has to do with... Well, they're not going to get fucking chomped on. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not getting um, predated upon. Yeah, I can chill down here because a fucking animal's not going to come eat my face off. Yeah, totally. And, like, there are a lot of predators um, on the ground, obviously, in their, like, native forest habitat. And particularly in the case of, like, the Sumatran orangutan, you have Sumatran tigers on that island, too. So, like, duh, get up out of the tr- out off the ground and in a tree to get yeah, away from them. Yeah, Makes a lot of sense. On top of that, though, they have a very distinct, vibrant, orange, reddish color to their yes. um, hair that runs all over their body. They're ginger. And they are. They're very gingery. And that's for an important purpose, too. Uh, the vegetation in their area on those islands of Borneo and Sumatra is, like, a thick kind of red like peat moss color oh, okay and so it works as a form of camouflage to help them blend into their surroundings oh i know badass, i've never right? really seen them like blend in it well i mean there's a lot of like lush greenery too but the fact that like that does exist in their habitat and they have been observed That's why like, in those red. areas yeah they make sense just as to like why that about is it. yeah super Interesting. Well, probably so, I never see them blend in because we're like destroying their habitat. But anyway, that's for later. Yeah, not so <laughs> good. We're going to save that little fun little tidbit for later. Uh, so do you have any idea what types of food they eat? I know so much about these fucking animals. I'm like an expert. Yeah, you already knew their scientific name. Uh, keep that going. They eat fruits and veggies. Mm-hmm. And leaves. Yeah. But they have really sharp teeth, too. They have scary primate teeth. Yeah, primates do have scary teeth. Uh, so they are technically considered herbivores, but they're a special type of herbivore known as a frugivore. So that means the majority of their herbivorous diet is made up of fruit. Yeah. So you eat a lot of fruit, which, like, ugh, that's the dream. 
Right? That's give me that delicious. sugar. Yes. Give me that sugar water. And one thing that people always ask, too, is about, like, they always see on, like, documentaries and stuff, in the case of, like, you know, gorillas and, like, other great apes and orangutans and stuff, that they see them, like, eating bugs, or they'll see them, you know, like, eating eggs or whatever in the wild. Mm. And so that question comes up a lot, and that's a really good observation. And while they do occasionally eat those, if they have to, or if nothing else is around, it's not considered a regular part of their diet enough to be classified as such. So that's why they're not considered technically omnivorous. Like, I mean, you could consider them omnivorous in the sense that, like, yeah, from time to time they will eat those things. Like, orangutans might eat small mammals or birds or, like, whatever else is around. But they're going to seek out fruit and other yeah oh my god i can relate so it's like veggies you could refer to me as a healthy eater because i ate a salad like once but i usually just eat taquitos like i did today (laughs) right you could refer to me as like a health guru or you could refer to me what i really am which is a hot dog queen a human taquito wrapped inside a hot dog what did i just make a good food Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Slap a Slim Jim in there? I feel like a taquito is just a Mexican hot dog because what's even inside of it? I don't know. All (laughs) different kinds of things. I think anything you want it to be, right? It's kind of a choose your own adventure. (laughs) Yeah. So anywho, what do orangutans look like? Well, they're orange as shit. They're bright orange. A, that's it. Second, they're roughly the size of humans, if not a little bit smaller. There is quite a bit of... Differences between males and females, as well as offspring. So first off, orangutan babies are literally the cutest babies in the entire world. If you think, if you like look up pictures of orangutan babies, they're literally the cutest things in the entire world. They are angelic. Because their eyes are like bright, like this like cream white color, and they make this like sound like this like little tiny like mouth where they like scrunch their lips together and they look all surprised and their hair always sticks it's the hair it's like That's, insane i was waiting for that it's the hair yeah they're literally the cutest things in the entire universe but yes there's a number of differences the babies are super super cute the females are kind of like lanky and i mean they're really there's nothing like that distinguish about them uh one thing that orangutans do have which is a little bit different from other animals is they have a throat sac so it's yes just kind of like i a... talked about this in our patreon marabou stork episode you did yeah so it's just sort of like a gray um kind of like soft bit of like exposed flesh like there's not hair on it or like observable hair on it mm-hmm. and it just kind of like hangs out under their throat exactly where a throat sac would be duh and it's yeah, all orangutans have them, so I guess that's so, distinguishable. Yeah, so males and females have that throat sac. Yeah, totally. Okay. But the males are the ones that like look wackadoo. Their so, face be big. Yeah, their face is massive. So the males, uh, if they're a dominant male in an area, they will develop what's known as cheek pads on either side of their face. So when they start off and they're like younger, or whatever, they have the normal kind of like oval shaped face that all orangutans do okay and then a face one day (laughs) yeah yeah a face shaped face and then one day all hell breaks loose and the sides of their face just start to expand outward because sure and then they just keep expanding and then essentially becomes like a catcher's mitt around their face yeah here's the thing and it kind of like faces forward as well and so they just have these big like it's called phalanges on either side of their face Uh and they get like really big and shaggy and like muscular and they just like beef up and their throat sac gets bigger and their face just gets huge 
And then that's when they're quote unquote a fully flanged male fully with flanged. cheek pads. Yes. I have and two like, thoughts. Well, apparently those fully flanged males are like the bee's knees to the female orangutans because they're just like can't get enough of them, want to get down to disco town with them. <laughs> I want your cheek pad near my face. Here are my two thoughts. One, it looks like the moon emoji. Yes, absolutely. Two, if you took a little circle of Play-Doh and you just pushed a thumb, your thumb into it. Yes. Those are my two thoughts. <laughs> yeah, the place where you push your thumb is where all of the facial features are. <laughs> yes, that small bit. The, like, squeeze out part are the cheek pads. It's like if you, if you made the moon emoji and then you shrunk the face bit. Yes, and you pushed it in with your thumb. Uh, it's and you turned it orange. <laughs> so, like, what about a f- what about the face? Okay, so like a lot of animals, right? Like, oh, he's super. It's a super fit male because he's really healthy or he's really strong. So, what is the mm-hmm. cheek pad? Is that like, oh, I'm so like I have so much nutrients, I can make my face big. Like, what well, about that is like good? It's interesting because the hypothesis is. That well, first off, it only appears in males that are dominant in that area. That's so crazy. Have, yeah. So if you have like a territory or in a zoological facility, if you have like a group and you have several adult males, typically only one of them is gonna end up growing cheek oh pads. God. So your body is just like, hey, you're cool as fuck. I'm gonna keep growing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I think uh, there's like a certain amount of hormone suppression. And it's probably linked to testosterone It's in some aspect. Yeah, it's got to be. it has to do with, like, the dominant male will grow them and essentially suppress the, like, cheek pad growth of the other males. So you can wow. have, like, adult males that don't have cheek pads. Uh, and then they just, like, do their thing, but they're, like, not really in charge. But it's hypothesized that the cheek pads themselves are used as a sort of, like, like if you cup your hands around your mouth when you're trying to shout to someone oh. as, like, a means of amplifying their vocalization there's a satellite dish for a face yeah it's like a big like megaphone so like (gasps) orangutans uh males will do this specific call called a long call that's like a loud whooping sound i think i've heard that yeah their cheek pads are thought to like amplify that sound so it can project farther out in the forest and um broadcast that message to all the females in the area even farther than it would initially up do you think they get hbo yes (laughs) <laughs> it comes with the adult dominant male package <laughs> you now have upgraded to hbo before you just got local stations they fucking love game of thrones yeah so it's pretty neat and then you talked about earlier that their arms are really long their arms they're are crazy long. very long and if you look at their like feet and their hands they're like a human hand or foot but also stretched out times 15 okay can i ask do they yeah. so i know gorillas they like make a little fist and they walk on their knuckles yeah do orangutan i guess they don't walk as much but do they do that uh so they can they don't necessarily knuckle walk like gorillas do so like what flora is talking about is gorillas will like instead of having their palm flat on the ground when they walk around like a like a cat or a dog or something um they instead prop their hands up in the fist and then walk on like the first digit knuckle and so they're kind of like like propped up upright on yeah it makes them like that it makes like their back like diagonal yeah it kind of gives them like a because they're like up they're up further yeah so gorillas and like chimpanzees and bonobos are terrestrial animals so they 
spend the majority of their time on the ground. Orangutans are spending the majority of their time in the trees, so they don't really spend that much time on the ground. But those that do, or like that are in zoos, that do spend time on the ground, kind of just walk around. They don't necessarily knuckle walk, but they do kind of walk with like a mix of open palms and like cupped fists and stuff like that. So it just kind of, it's like personal preference. And all these great apes too are like able to be bipedal. Yeah, that's true. Right? They can all stand up and walk bipedally on their hind legs as well. They don't always do it, but they right. can. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh. I um, At one point, I worked with a female who would walk bipedally, a female orangutan that would walk bipedally, uh, and it was hilarious. Like, she just chose <laughs> to do it all the time, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, she looks just like she's, like, shuffling to school. It's so funny. <laughs> Gotta go. Got places to be. So you asked about the way in which they move around, and actually this is a really interesting point because orangutans have a specialized way of movement known <gasps> as brachiation. Brachiation! I love yeah, this. So if you guys okay. have ever been at like the playground, like with your kids or when you were growing up and you know the monkey bars at the playground, that sort of like swinging motion where you swing from one hand to the next to like attach them to each bar as you go, uh, that's brachiation. So most of us have done brachiation at some point in our life, albeit yes. probably not well. A bad way. <laughs> Not not in a good way. You were like my primate guru. Do you remember the time that I had like an actual brain fart and I texted you and I was like, what it call when monkeys go in tree? All I can think of is brachycephalic. And you were like, uh, brachiation. <laughs> I was thinking of the word uh, for short-nosed that. dogs and I was trying to think of the word for primates moving in trees. So. You were close. You were close. <laughs> I'm dumb. Um, but yeah, they, it's it's known as brachiation. I love it. Orangutans are so good at it. Wait, so like describe it. Like what is it? Well, I'm getting to it. If you quit interrupting me, goddamn. I love interrupting you. <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they will start off in wherever they're starting off, and um, they can do it with both their like arms and their legs, and they can mix and match them. So they kind of just start, like, swinging, and then they extend their bodies out to, like, their full wingspan, quote-unquote, and then they'll, like, grab with the other hand, and then they'll, like, keep going, and their momentum will keep them going as they, like, climb along the vine and branches, and they can just, like, swing and stretch to, like, absurd distances. Plus, they're also, like, hella flexible. So, like, yoga gurus over here just, like, doing, like, a 120-degree split and freaking, like... Well, actually, like a 240-degree split. Yes. And then just, like, their foot is, like, taking the place of where their hand was. Yes. In 10 feet. Like, it's insane. Their leg um, is behind them, holding onto yeah. something above them. Yeah. But it reminds nuts. me of Spider-Man. Absolutely. So, like, if Spider-Man just had long arms instead of webs, he would be breaky. <laughs> I mean, like he would he'd be, be a monster. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you? Oh, can you imagine? No, that's if like Slenderman had long arms. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you have described as Slenderman. What if he had eight long arms like a spider, and that was his superpower? Was brachiating with eight arms? Can you imagine? He'd be scurrying. They would shoot him out of the sky. <laughs> he would fucking launch into the stratosphere. Yeah, he would. Uh, but they're really, really good at it. And they can do it very quickly. Like, it's like lickety split, nothing. Super easy. Well, I feel like that's a good way. And that's how they, like, get through the treetops. Yeah, that's a good way to move because they're big. That's, I feel like that's a way more efficient way, like, the swinging and the momentum than it would be to, like, run. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, they're definitely built for, like, being in the trees. Yeah. And they, they 
can like judge distances very well too. Their spatial awareness is really, really good. Mm. And so they can like time brachiation between branches on neighboring trees, even if those trees aren't anywhere near each other. Like they can just like figure out how to gain momentum and do all this stuff. That's why, well, one of the reasons why orangutans in zoos are like, there are so many safety protocols in place because they are so intelligent. They're super strong and they're just like, they could just like figure out any problem you give them. Well, and I think lastly, they're like little dicks. Yeah, and they're kind of kind of mischievous a little bit. <laughs> I feel like their main goal in life is to be like, is to just like stump you at the riddle, which is me unlocking this door. <laughs> Honestly, seriously, you know, there's like that classic adage about like the sphinx and like the hedge maze that like gives you riddles or whatever. Like, it's definitely an tan. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know that. Yeah, it's like like Greek mythology or something, right? Like the labyrinth with David Bowie. Yeah, the labyrinth with David Bowie, where they meet the Sphinx. What the, the Sphinx? Fuck? That's from <laughs> Egypt. That's just like a statue that has Aladdin's lamp in it. Someone help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> this woman is impossible. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, anyways. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, yeah, they're really good at it, and they're like crazy strong and. I remember one time this guy I was working with said that he had done, or he had been part of an immobilization for one of the orangutans, like, Mm. years before, and the orangutan was sedated, and they had him on the exam table, and they were doing, like, their normal exam or whatever, and even while he was asleep, like, he started to come up out of um, the anesthesia just a little bit, enough to, like, not really be awake, but he was, like, kind of, like, moving a little bit. And so they were like, okay, we better up it again. Um, But even so, in that, like, brief moment, he, with his, like, dead-ass asleep hand, like, took and, like, drug two people slowly (laughs) over the table. Because, like, he didn't even realize they were holding on to him. Right. And he was, like, just kind of, yeah, he was, like, flipping onto his side, you know, to get, like, more comfy. And he just, like, drug two people over him. They can Like, dead-ass asleep. They can poke you and you would shoot. 25 feet yeah no they're like crazy strong i once got in like a tug of war match with like my own shirt sleeve with a juvenile (laughs) orangutan and i lost yeah (laughs) they're like crazy smart crazy intelligent crazy cunning mischievous little shits and i feel like too so oh my god sorry i'm yawning but like we've had experience with several different types of great apes including chimpanzees and mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference is that orangutans are chill as fuck. Like, an, a, a chimp is, like, erratic and terrifying and scary, but an orangutan is patient. So, like, yes. they will yes. fuck okay, up that's... your day, but yes. they will wait till the opportunity, whereas a chimp will, like, rush at you to rip off your groin and face. But an orangutan mm-hmm. will wait until, like, you, like, it's gained your trust, and then it will like escape and like tie you in a knot and like leave you hanging from the rafters and like laugh at you and then like let itself back in and go to sleep like i just don't even know yes like no that's exactly it like i i always like talk about this analogy with the the apes so like the monobos are just like chill sex beasts like let them do their thing all they do is bone like they like scream like chimps do and they can like get really emotional like chimps do but okay. for the most part they're like not as aggressive chimps are the ones that like emote with their body language and their vocalizations and their face like they you know how they're feeling at any given moment because like yeah. they wear like their heart on their sleeves yeah gorillas are like a little bit more reserved and they tend to like turn to each other more than like 
expressing what's going on around them so like they will like emote to each other and like turn to each other for comfort but Mm. then they'll like put on big displays and stuff to like intimidate those around them but in the case of like bonobos chimpanzees and gorillas it seems like more often than not they actively work through a problem as they're thinking through how to figure it out so like what if like for instance they're trying to retrieve food from like a small pipe or something like they're Sure, they're going to use tools and they're going to, like, break those tools and see what works and, like, you know, trial and error and stuff like that and, like, work through it physically. Whereas, like, orangutans are, like, pretty laid back. They're pretty chill. They're really playful, actually, a lot of times. But then at the same time, like, they will they will consider a problem and it'll be, like, on the forefront of their minds. But they'll just, like, sit back and think through the entire problem from, like, start yeah. to end, like, initial problem to final solution before they do anything and keep in mind that may take a while or it may take like a nanosecond before they act and then once they have it figured out they'll just do it from start to finish like perfectly and then that's when they fuck up your life yes (laughs) because like they have already figured and like considered everything it's like like oceans 11 where like you think they're getting caught but like actually the plan was to like pretend yes and then like film yes and now a whole other casino mock-up studio that is the orangutan (laughs) they're the oceans 11 (laughs) yeah they've had this like whole plan the entire time yes seriously they do and you can sit there and you can watch them like they're technically called like the thinkers of the forest and you sit there and you watch them and you're like yeah he's totally thinking about that that. orangutan means like old man of the forest doesn't it or something yeah, so in um, the native language, orangutan uh, translates to person of the forest. And actually, that's forest. a really okay. good point because uh, – so orang is like person okay. and then utan is of the forest. Okay. And um, that's one of the reasons that – and I didn't even know this till a couple years ago – that uh, technically if you call orangutans orangs, that's sort of like a slang verb, like word for oh, person. yeah. And so because that is like a – a language. An actual literal language, yeah. Um, and like a word for a person, when you refer to it as that, it can be slightly offensive, offensive to like yes. the people of that culture because it sort of like equates them in a similar regard, which they're not. Uh, that's one of the reasons that like we at the place that I worked at with them kind of changed our language a little bit so that whenever we talked about them, we would refer to them as orangutans instead of yeah. orangs because it was like potentially offensive to someone who might come visit. Right. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. The more you know, you know? The more you fucking know. Well, that's like a lot of stuff with like language. I feel like that we toe the line with a lot when we're like naming animals, like these native yeah. languages, names. Like I know that we're trying to honor them, but I feel like a lot of it is just being like cutesy and, you know, I, I don't know. And sometimes it's like towing the line between like, okay, like let's be respectful. Yeah. But I have, okay, so I have an anecdote. I worked with this this breeding pair of orangutans so it was an adult fi- me uh oh my god i just had a stroke an adult <laughs> female and male and it was like a really rainy day and i had gone out and i cut a bunch of brows for them and they were hanging out inside and keep in mind like these two were like super sweet super gentle oh and that's another thing like when you guys are talking about just animals in general like they all have their own personalities mm. they all have their own likes they all have their own dislikes they all do their own thing like some are outgoing some are reserved some are friendly some are not like it's not just like oh whatever that animal's a dick so all tigers are dicks no yeah. it's like they all have their own personalities exactly. so anyways these two were like super chill and like really sweet 
So I like cut all the brows for them and I gave it to them and it was like instantaneous because when I brought all the brows in, they were excited and they were just sitting there like watching me like ready to get it. And when I handed it over, the moment they received it, they both like simultaneously ripped it through the mesh immediately stripped all of like the little branches and leaves <laughs> off of it so it was just like this long spear like yep. this long naked spear and they in unison together just like shot it up through the mesh through the mesh into the keeper area and shattered the light bulb above <laughs> me. <laughs> and so there's just like and it was like one of those long fluorescent light bulbs yes too. and like it shattered into like dust like all over <laughs> me the light went out there was like glass everywhere and i was like oh my god are you kidding me like are you serious it was they're dead the funniest shit of course it was like pitch ass black in there because it was the only light um but yeah i was like you assholes and then so like they knew how to trade because a lot of times i okay i tell i work i don't work with orangs i don't work with apes i don't work with monkeys i don't work with orangutans there you go so when i i work with all these other people and i always tell them this story of the trading with the orangutans i yes. think this is the funniest fucking shit <laughs> i tell everybody this okay so go. a lot of times with like intelligent animals one of the things that you can do as part of their husbandry training is to train them to trade which is a really helpful useful behavior to like take care of them because if they get something they shouldn't or like, someone throw something, for instance, in their habitat that, like, isn't safe for them to have or, like, whatever, um, if you can ask them to trade and they'll do so and you can give them a reward for doing so, then you can remove the threat without potentially putting yourself or them in danger trying to retrieve it. Um, so it's really, really useful. And because we have to work great apes in protected contact for obvious reasons, uh, you can't just, like, hop in there and grab it really quick and get rid of it. And also, they don't speak English, so, like, you can't just be like, hey, get rid of that. Um, <laughs> so trade is super useful. So anyways, these two, after they shattered this light bulb, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, have them trade back the spears that they just made. Um, <laughs> and we'll just be, like, good to go. And so I go, and I ask them to trade, and they both, like, stop for a minute and then they take this, like, six-foot spear that they're each holding, and they break it up into the tiniest freaking pieces, <laughs> like, literally, like, half-centimeter pieces, and they just have this, like, massive pile of them, and they start trading me back, like, half-centimeter pieces at a time for, like, the treats that I – I think for I had, like, like Cheerios, Cheerios or something. Yes, it was fucking yeah, Cheerios. it was, like, one Cheerio each, and they were just like, all right, well, we're going to make it last because we know that you want this, yes. and, like, we're going to, like, get our payment for it. And I was like, are you kidding me? I fucking are you kidding me? love that. I it fucking was, love that. I think I went through like half a box of Cheerios. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, you assholes. God damn it. You're so fucking smart. I hate you. Well, that's the thing too is they're like, co-op- they like cooperatively fuck you over. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, please talk about the corn cob. <gasps> oh my God. I forgot about that. I so- will never forget. <laughs> Yeah, so there was, um, so I mentioned that I worked with this breeding pair, and every so often, you know, you, like, hear some weird noises, and you go in to check on them, and they're, like, definitely copulating, which is great, because, like, the world needs more baby orangutans, because we'll get to that in a minute, there aren't that many left, but, um, that was the whole reason that these two were brought together, was to hopefully produce offspring, and so I went in one day, and they were, like, doing their thing, whatever, and... 
I go in the next day and <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> and I remember I texted you when I found it because I was like, yes. um, I'm sorry. Yes. Because I had like, I saw them I the day before I had seen them doing something like weird, but I couldn't really figure out what it was, but it was like appropriate. Like they weren't aggressive or anything. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I didn't really pay that close attention because I didn't really want to get like <laughs> my face up in their junk while they're doing their thing. Um, but I came in the next day and I was cleaning and I found this like absolutely stripped corn cob like they had eaten all the corn kernels off it but i hate primates like physical evidence suggested that it was put up one of their butts (laughs) it was definitely inside a butt and i was like um (laughs) so i remember i texted you i was like um flora i'm sorry uh, news flash, news alert. This was up a butt. This was in a and butt. I like texted you a picture, and you're like, "Uh, what?" Um, yeah. So I found that, and that was really fun. Well, those two, they just okay. We had a lot of school groups at that place. Oh my god, yes. And they had this nice little A-frame shelter on Hab, and the female would go out and do kind of like a pull-up on the A-frame. And then yeah, the male like facing facing, facing like the public, the public, yeah. And then the male would go out and get in between her legs. She would wrap her legs around his face, and he would eat her out for hours. And school children yeah. <laughs> would come <laughs> by hours. and be like, "Hey, what that?" Meanwhile, she's just like fucking powerlifting her body up while just yeah. She's like doing her thing. For- she's like, "This is for me, self care, <laughs> spa day, self care." I'm getting eaten out for hours. <laughs> just- yeah. I think there was one day you and I walked by and that was happening and we saw a school group coming and there was this moment where you and I just looked at each other and we're like, uh, time to go. Yeah, <laughs> don't want no part of this. Mm-mm. Can I go ahead and turn around and go the other way? Uh, yeah, they were freaks. They're all freaks. I love them. So They're many freaks. stories about orangutans. Okay, one last anecdote that I remember. And this is probably like an yeah. urban legend mm-hmm. of those. But like they told us the story. So like the orangutan hab was like right next to the giraffe. And, like, the, oh, yeah. the barn was shared. Yeah? Yes. Like, uh, yes. well, like, weirdly connected in, like, weird ways. But, like, not actually shared. But there was, like, this story that, like, a long time ago, one of the orangutans had, like, let itself out. And they found it in the giraffe hab, like, feeding the giraffes alfalfa and, like, hay. Yes. So they Is just, like, insane? found them feeding other animals. And they were just like, like, hey, you go. come back. <laughs> well, there's, like, that, um... There's that thing that, like, I think everyone that works in zoos has heard at some point about that orangutan that it was, like, maybe a group Fu that Man lived in this habitat. Fu Manchu. Yeah, and, and they, um, and it, like, had this key that it made he... out of, like, a piece of metal that it yes! found. Yes! And it, like, it was hiding it in its lower lip. Yes. And then every night it would, like, go into this, like, electrical room or something. Yes. Like, that it wasn't supposed to get to. Every night he would, he would let himself out with the key that he made. And yeah. he'd dick around and just, like, he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't get into trouble. But he would just, like, be places he wasn't supposed to be. And then he would let himself back in and lock it behind him. Yeah. And then the next morning, keepers would come in and find this, like, electrical room open, like, unlocked. And all the animals where they're supposed to be. And be like, what the hell's happening? And yes. they, like, all started, like, fearing for their jobs because they were just like, what? What is happening? Like, we know that we're locking this up. And so they eventually, like, installed cameras, and that's when they saw that he it's just, like, had this key. He made this key. Fu Manchu! Also, he the, made, the, like, a skeleton key. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, one more anecdote. Okay, so the, the two that I worked with did end up having an offspring. 
And baby. Um, when she gave birth to the baby, like, she was great and she did great. Um, however, like, obviously with mammals, like, they, pla- they pass a placenta. And she, like, passed at one point. And, like, one thing that a lot of animals do, which is, like, raunchy to us but makes sense for them, is they'll, like, eat the placenta. Yeah. And especially in animals that live in, like, a social group, like a lot of primates, like, the whole troop will eat the placenta because it's, like, a bonding activity because <laughs> rock on, dude, I guess. Just fucking yeah, get wild. Like, yeah, fucking go um, for it. So I was, like, ready for that when, you know, we were doing her whole birth plan and stuff. And I came in, though, and, like, first off, she was, like, so – uh obsessed with this like one room that she was in that she gave birth in that it took her like a little bit for her to leave right so by the time that she left you know and i went in there to clean like it definitely needed a clean and um i looked around and i just assumed because i never saw it i just assumed that she ate the placenta so i was like okay cool rock on more power to you and as I was cleaning, I looked, and she had, like, a tire swing kind of thing in, like, the back of her room. <laughs> I hate this. And I looked, and I, like, bumped into it, and it made this, like, weird sound. No. And I looked in. Literally the center of the tire swing, she had taken the placenta by, like, the cord, and she had tied it around the top of the tire so that it was just, like, hanging down like a little coin purse in the center of the tire swing. <laughs> I fucking hate and that. And it was, like, it had dried out as well. And I was just like, oh, my God. God. I am <laughs> so one, I remember I texted you. I know. I am 100% positive you sent me a goddamn picture of that. <laughs> I did. And you're just like, why are you always sending me this shit? You sent me that corn cob. Now you're sending me this. And I was just like, what am I dealing with? <laughs> it was insane. Um, So that was like out of a horror story. But it was still really cool. Okay, no. We need more anecdotes because this is what people live for anyway. I love – okay, so orangutans are – like they're really good at like mimicry, right? So like um, they enjoy like – washing stuff because like they'll see you cleaning right and then they like oh you yeah can give them, like rags and soap and they'll wash but they love like drawing and stuff too so i know that you would always give her when she had that baby you'd give her chalk well even before she had the baby you give her chalk and she would like draw but then when she had that baby you would give her chalk and she'd draw on the top of his head while she was like holding <laughs> him which i just love yeah she totally would we would come in and get like chalk all over his face and i was like wow you did such a good job <laughs> she's like i'm a doodle on my baby <laughs> i got this baby now i got this whole new canvas <laughs> Yeah, they, um, they're super creative, and, like, orangutans, especially in zoos, are in a unique situation because, like, in their wild populations, they're typically solitary. So, like, yeah. male orangutans really only come together with females if they're breeding with them. Wow. And even that is brief, and they kind of just, like, doot around, like, a larger territory looking for females, and then the females have much smaller territories that they stick in with their kids. So... The offspring of orangutans actually have the second longest infant development period and, like, child dependency period of any animal in the animal kingdom, second only to humans. So, like, we as humans, right, we, like, stick around our parents probably longer than we should, but orangutans are the second behind us in that, and they're the closest to us. So their kids can stick up to, or stick with their moms for up to anywhere between, like, 8 to 12 years, and because they have such a long child-dependent period they do share like a strong territory and strong familial bond with their mothers so the mothers do the sole parenting they usually give birth to like one offspring and that's usually after gestation of between eight to nine months so very similar to humans as well and uh after they give birth that mother will do everything and the infant clings to them from day one Uh, and that's one of the things that they like look for for a healthy infant in fact with all primates is that they cling to them right away because moms well they hold on to that hair don't they 
Yeah. Well, and, like, mom's got to go. She can't hang out there. She's going to get eaten. So, like, yeah. you got to hold on, kid. Um, but, yeah, she climbs around, and, like, they have to cling on from day one, and um, they they learn everything from their mothers, like, what foods to eat, where to find them, when they're in season, how to harvest them. They learn how to communicate. So, orangutans communicate in complex ways. So, just, like, with humans, we use, you know, like, different vocalizations, and we can use facial expressions, and we can, like, use hand gestures and body postures and stuff to communicate different things. Like, oh, are you good? I'm good. <laughs> this, like, ad suddenly popped up and started screaming at me. Oh, that was horrid. Uh, but orangutans and, like, all the other great apes are the same way. They can use vocalizations to communicate. They use facial expressions. They posture their body in different ways to communicate with one another. So all of that's very similar to us, but they they also share those really, really strong social bonds. And in fact, in the case of the mother and her offspring, that social bond is one of the strongest in the animal kingdom as well. So like separation of those two is devastating. Right. Um, which is one of the reasons that when we get into like their endangerment status later, it becomes even more heartbreaking. But like they, even though they are typically solitary in the wild, the adults at least, um, that usually only comes about after that baby grows up to that kind of 8 to 12 year age and then they head out on their own and kind wow. of start doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, but their adult life is pretty much solitary. So that child dependent period is really, really important because that mother has to teach her offspring everything, everything they need to know for the rest of their life. And they live um, forever. Did you say that already? I can't remember. No, not yet. So the average lifespan is between about 35 to 45 years, roughly. That's a um, long time. Males tend to live less than like shorter lives than females do okay um, but that's pretty consistent across most animals yeah and um but yeah so what i was saying was the unique situation in zoos is like yeah obviously we would love to one day see orangutans like back in their forest habitat for good and not necessarily in zoological facilities but there are some perks to them being in zoos which is really cool and that normally they live a solitary lifestyle and that's what they choose to do. But in zoos, right. we give the we have the opportunity to um, give them a social option, and more often than not, they choose it, which is really cool. And it's really interesting too because those males being solitary in the wild, yeah, they do like a weird family dynamic thing. Yeah, they would literally never know their offspring. Like a wild male orangutan will never meet his offspring. And if he does, he's more than likely uninterested in it whatsoever. Right. But in zoos, a lot of times you can set up a social situation where the, the fathers can be part of their offspring's growth and development, which is awesome because a lot of times what you see is those dads become amazing and they, like, love their kids and the kids, yeah. like, love their dads and they get to, like, play with one another and share a special bond that they would never have otherwise. So it's super, super cool. Um but they are so social, and they're really playful, and they're really goofy, and so it's just really amazing to, like, give them that opportunity to do that, especially since, like, why not? You know, we have the ability to do so. Let's let's do it. And yeah. just, like, for us, like, being social with our species is crucial to our welfare. Like, you probably don't think of it. It's probably not the first thing at the forefront of your mind when you wake up. You're probably like, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to drink water, whatever. Um, but if you were isolated from everyone forever you would go insane like that's just that's what like that's oh. like a form of torture for humans yes. you know and it's the same Solitary thing confinement. exactly it's the same thing for like these other animals like orangutans and bonobos and chimps and gorillas like for them that social interaction is crucial and so it's it's a huge part of their 
um, mental and emotional welfare daily that they receive that type of social interaction. I think that's one thing that what when we would get questions from guests a lot, they didn't really understand because I think it's it's easy enough to interpret what it means to like take care of a being's physical welfare, like making sure they're fed, making right. sure they're healthy, making sure they don't have injuries, like whatever. But it's a lot harder to conceptualize their emotional and mental welfare. Right. And a lot of that social interaction comes down to providing for their emotional welfare needs. Yeah. You can't have um, a kid and just like give it cheese snacks and lock it in a room. Like maybe it would yeah. survive off of like cheese snacks every day, but like would it be okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't um, know. <laughs> Let me know. I love some cheese and some cheese snacks my way. It's like fitty fitty. I don't know if they'd be all right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know really where I was going with that. But anyways, long story short, they're very social and they're really cool. And like that's a huge part of their day-to-day welfare is providing for that. Well, so, and I think it's an interesting thing too with like studying and like learning a little bit more about them because – with the way, I mean, this is cutting ahead to their, like, status, but, like, their social dynamic in the wild might have to change. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a potential. So even just, like, learning about what little we can in, like, zoos and stuff, I mean, that makes all the difference between how we can help their wild counterparts. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about their conservation here. I think you probably know what the conservation situation I think for it's orangutans fucked. are. Yeah, it's really bad. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to say it's fucked. Yeah, so uh, both Bornean and Sumatran orangutans are listed as critically endangered. Fuck! Which is the last stop on the line before extinction. Ugh. So they're, they're just one step shy of going extinct, which is really scary. Uh, Sumatran orangutans are worse off than the Bornean orangutans. And this is where I want to go back to what I said previously about their scientific classification and yeah. the two different uh, subspecies. So okay. uh, actually in the last year, I think, two, was it 2017 or 2018, there was a discovery of a third uh, type of orangutan. Which is crazy. Like, in this day and age, it is few and far between that we discover new megafauna. Right. <laughs> like, it's crazy. So this new type of orangutan is known as the Tapanui orangutan. What? And it is a, um, it is a completely distinct uh, species from Bornean Sumatran. What? Yeah. Look it up, dude. It's nuts. So Wait, the Tapanui... you just said a totally unique species. Is that what you said? Oh, like subspecies. Subspecies. Okay, that's what yes, I... Yes, I yes, yes. I couldn't remember what you said. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's totally unique uh, from the Bornean so and it's the Sumatran. it's Pongo, but it's not. It's a different thing. Right. Right. The genus is the same. Okay. But yeah, it is, it is different. But genetically, so of... it's different. Yes. So instead of having just Bornean Sumatran, there are now recognized three different subspecies, Bornean Sumatran and Tapa Nui. Well, then Tapa Nui's got to be critically endangered because you didn't even know they fucking existed. Yeah, pretty much. So Tapa Nui, um, since its discovery, has been classified as having fewer than, I think, either six or 800 oh individuals God. left. Um, one thing that's like crazy interesting and which like blows my mind is that the Tapanui is found on the island of Sumatra. However, genetically, they are closer to Bornean orangutans. However, what? the Borneo and Sumatra are islands. 
which are physically separated from one another by lots and lots of years. (laughs) By water and a lot of years. Um, Which, like, blows my mind. (laughs) It's crazy. So, previously, when they found what I guess were Tapa Nui orangutans, they considered them Sumatran because they were on the island of Sumatra. But now, having this new information, they have now, like, had enough uh, variation to conclude that they're different from Sumatran orangutans, enough so to be considered different. It's just crazy. So anyways, there's still, it's still a new discovery. There's still a lot to learn. Um, and it's, it brings up interesting questions about how to manage, like, zoological populations for those subspecies. Um, but, I mean, it's crazy that we even found, like, a new, a new orangutan, you know? Yeah. That's nuts. But yeah, they're not doing so hot is the point of the story. Right. Um, their numbers are so few that it's estimated in the next 20 years they could go extinct, which is really scary. And, in fact, they're on a rapid decline, which is really, really bad. And guess what, guys? It's our fault. It's the fault of humans, which God, what isn't our fault anymore? And this one's, like, hella our fault. Like, we're, like, actively destroying them. So, uh... Uh, on both of those islands, um, specifically due to the region in which they're found, they are susceptible to a bunch of different things. So first off, because they are so closely related to humans, they are susceptible to picking up the same kinds of diseases that we carry. Right, because I see a ton of primate keepers wear, like, different PPE than, like, what, like, I would. Yeah, totally. So they'll wear, like, masks and gloves and, like, eyewear and stuff to protect against um, potential transmission between the two species. Because I even Um, remember, like, we had a commissary keeper, and, like, whenever, like, if she was like, oh, I don't feel well today, she would wear a face mask when she would, like, make primate diets. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be super careful when you're working with primates, particularly the apes, because they can pick up all that same stuff that we carry. Um, and vice versa, we can potentially pick up stuff for them. But a right. lot of times what the keepers are doing for those animals that live in zoos are protecting them from transmission from human to animal. Um, and that's one of the reasons that a lot of the apes that live in zoos receive like flu shots every year. They'll also get like tetanus vaccines, like rabies vaccines, stuff like that yeah. to protect them from those kinds of diseases but so um human interaction can lead to disease which can wipe out populations because they're it's completely novel to their immune system and actually uh, i know we're talking about orangutans but in the case of like gorillas chimps and bonobos that live in africa the ebola outbreak has been devastating on their populations ebola yeah because they can pick that up and then there's nothing they can do it's absolutely horrific oh my god Um, On top of that, orangutans, like we talked earlier in this episode, their babies are so cute, right? Yes. Like, their babies are hella cute. And so people see them and they see how small they are and how cute they are. I did send you that one picture. You should look at it on your... I did. Okay. not so cute. The one on the right, Um, he got something wrong. (laughs) But most of them are cute. Yes. Um, Most of them. But people see them and they see how small they are. And because when they're born, they're just a couple pounds. And... um, Right. Super tiny. They decide that they want... "Quote unquote, a pet monkey, which a, it's not even a monkey, but b, it's completely inappropriate. Can I blame so, the man in the big yellow hat? <laughs> he started all of this <laughs> because a, zero. he has a chimp as a pet. B, he calls it a monkey, and c, he has a big dumb hat. <laughs> yeah. Also, he wears the same thing every day. What do you do for shower? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Grow up. So, anywho, yeah, the pet trade um, is." a huge devastating thing on orangutan populations as well. And 
I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a sec. But then on top of that, they are also um, hunted illegally. That what? doesn't happen as often. But there is still a bushmeat trade, especially for some of those ex- quote-unquote exotic animals. And what? it's considered a delicacy in some regions. Honestly, to- eating an orangutan is like eating a person. So I feel like all those people are cannibals. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But that happens to a lot of primates since the bushmeat trade is like hunting primates for food. And that doesn't work so great because it's devastating for their populations. It just sucks so bad because, yeah, like, how do you educate centuries of like tradition and right, right, you right? Know? Yeah, like, a lot of it is like breaking that tradition and breaking you, that culture. How do you end that? It's like when it's really even hard. when we are like, oh my god, like dairy cows are like abused and they're in like tiny little things, and everyone's like, but I love milk. Like we can't even do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do we expect other, like, countries and other traditions to, like, ever change? It just – I get so bummed out. <laughs> I'm yeah, such I a know. pessimist. We just need to just – can we just start over? <laughs> this is the part in The Sims when I start over. <laughs> <laughs> I just wipe it all clean. <laughs> I just let everyone die and take all the doors out of their bathrooms and they die in there. <laughs> and I do a redo. Or I, I take the ladders out of the pool and yep. they swim themselves to death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately it gets worse. Um, Great. Probably the biggest threats that orangutans are currently facing is due to palm oil plantations. So because of the tropical region, because of the tropical region that they live in, they... Uh, are in the perfect area for palm oil plantation. So palm oil is something, if you don't know, that's really prevalent in our day-to-day lives. It's in most of the stuff that we consume and use every single day. Yes, ranging from like everywhere. cosmetics to toiletries to food. Um, it's in a lot of different stuff. And a lot of times it's used as a flavoring addition and um, an additive for like preservative properties and texture and stuff like that. It's a just it's a type of like vegetable oil essentially. Right. So like canola or veggie or like sunflower seed oil or like safflower seed oil. Like they're all kind of in the same realm. But palm oil is present in so many things because A, it's really cheap to produce and you can yield a lot of crop without spending a lot of money. So oh. like it's super great for us as humans. Right. Um and then B, it also works well in a lot of those things. So it like helps preserve those items, make them taste good. Um and like keep them on your shelves for longer so it helps like with the shelf life of a lot of stuff and also bringing the cost down of a lot of those foods so like for humans it's great for animals that live in those regions it's catastrophic like so what happens yeah so what happens is um palm oil companies will move into an area and they will burn the forest to the ground to make way for the planting of palm oil plantations so when you burn the forest to the ground, you burn down the home of every single animal that lives there. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa, wait. I thought the palm oil was where they live. They don't even live there? No, 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 no. Their forests are burned to make way to plant palm oil. What? Yeah. That's even worse. I thought they were, like, living with the palm oil, and so they were, like, cutting it down to harvest it. But they were just fucking torching shit to make palm oil? Yeah, so they burned what down the, the forest fuck? habitat to make way like to clear the land to be able to plant palm oil plantations and then that's where they grow it and harvest it but what happens is all the animals lose their home and they get pushed further and further out of their territory and and then they become nuisance animals and then they get killed well and they 
it becomes a point where like you've pushed them so far that they don't have anywhere else to go like they don't have any land to go to and when you think about orangutans as our boreal animals they have to live up in the trees so if there are no trees what do they do they what do they where do they go they have nowhere to go and on top of that the fact that they like have to they live in trees and they like their life is up in the trees and if they are say for instance in a small patch of forest and everywhere around them has been burned down for palm oil plantations they are cut off from all other orangutans like that population will die and they won't be able to continue so it makes it much much harder for them to come into contact with other orangutans and continue their species and then on top of that when you burn down their home and you uh, make way for palm oil plantations it puts them in um, greater contact risk with humans yeah so um, they're more likely to come into contact with humans which is where things like disease transmission becomes a really big deal or um, harvesting juveniles for the pet trade becomes a really big deal and unfortunately in that case in the case of just about every single uh, orangutan chimp bonobo gorilla baby that you find on the um on the pet trade, what happens is their mother was killed to be able to collect that animal. Because right. remember, they have a really, really strong social bond with their moms yes. and vice versa. Like, how do that you mom's get not going to give away. up that baby? Yep. So what happens is the mom gets shot and the they baby is collected. Yeah. Yep. This so is the like... baby is like the baby loses their mom. A they lose their home. B and then they are traumatized from a young age and sold into a situation that's literally torture for and them. And then given to Kendall Jenner in like a goddamn di- diaper. Yep. And so that's, Ugh. guys, that's the reason that sharing those, like, exotic pet videos when you see primates in them is horrific. And that's the reason that when you're watching older movies that have primates in them is horrific. Because how do you think they ended up there? This is like Fern Gully all the time. That movie, Fern Gully came out so long ago, and I feel like we're still, everything is hexes, and all we're doing <laughs> is killing the rain for it. <laughs> yeah. It's really horrible. It's really horrible. It and really so bums they're facing me out. like they're facing threats on so many different sides and like climate change isn't helping and <laughs> humans aren't helping no. and it just sucks. And remember they live on an island. Where are they going to go when that island habitat is gone? Where are they going to go? They're so They don't fucked. have anywhere to go. And so Anna, they're yeah. so fucked. This is so bad. And then, well, then on top of that, because they only have one offspring at a time, no. and because they put so much like parental investment into their offspring, no. and it takes eight to nine months for no. them to give birth and or like to to go through pregnancy and like finally give birth at the end, and then they spend eight to twelve years with that offspring. No. Like they, those females likely won't have another baby for at least five years after their last one. So like it takes a long time, especially for them if to they're shot. <laughs> Yeah, it's really shitty. And they're such amazing, like, intelligent, gentle animals, and they're so incredible. And, like, I just don't understand how people can be so cruel. So, anyways, I know this is sounding very hopeless, but I want to talk to you about ways that you can help. So, hopefully... I'm going to bury myself alive. Okay, well, that's not going to (laughs) help. No, but hopefully, like, in listening to this episode and, like, listening some of to some of the anecdotes and stuff that Flora and I have shared with you. Like, hopefully you're like, hey, those guys sound awesome. Like, what can I do to help? Hopefully this inspires you to, like, do something to help. Save the red A. Yeah, so there are a lot of really good things that you can do to help. So first off, uh, if you visit an accredited zoo or aquarium, 
Like, your money is already going towards supporting their conservation initiatives, especially if they have orangutans at their facility. For sure. Um, or if you're going to a facility that is known for, like, supporting orangutan conservation. Like, for instance, I know that um, as far as, like, great ape stuff goes like zoo atlanta works with the well actually they founded the great ape heart project which studies cardiovascular disease in great apes <gasps> yeah and that's based I... there so like when you visit zoo atlanta like you are contributing i think to I the funding that goes into that there. research oh yeah it's a great place um but like a lot of places have like these initiatives that if you look up their websites will be able to tell you um what they support and how they do so what were you gonna say i sent you another photo <laughs> Oh, God. I was just going to say, I love Atlanta because of the Georgia Aquarium. But also, I bought a bunch of primate shit at their zoo because I hate primates. But they do a bunch of, like, crazy shit there. Yeah, and there are so many places, like, around the world that do amazing things with their animals. Like, orangutan outreach is awesome. Um, I sit in The orangutan or... SSP works, <laughs> works really, really hard. And yeah, there are a number of, like, really, really cool things that... People are doing, like, the International Primate Protection League does great. Yes. There are a bunch of sanctuaries. IPPL. Um, there are a bunch of sanctuaries across the United States that work specifically with apes, like the Center for Great Apes and, like, Chip Haven and stuff that work to, like, rescue and rehabilitate animals that were taken from the pet trade or the entertainment industry, and they, like, do awesome stuff for those animals. So it definitely um, pays to do your research in that regard and see if you can, like, yeah. support those places that do that awesome work. Well, you've the probably heard thing, palm oil. Like, that's a big buzzword. Well, girl, that's what I'm getting into. <laughs> God damn. So the second thing that you can do is, um, yeah, to, like, do your research on palm oil because, obviously, that's kind of the root of a lot of their issues. So if you can, like, become informed on that and see ways that you can help, then that's great. So when I talk about that they would like burn down the forest and plant palm oil plantations, that is for unsustainable palm oil products. Uh, and so there's a lot of buzzword, like you said, or a lot of buzz around palm oil right now. And I think it's like really like gaining awareness and traction yeah, for the sure. public eye. And there are a few important things to understand when you're talking about palm oil. So first off, unsustainable palm oil is that which is grown in a way which is duh, unsustainable to the habitat and the populations there. So, like, that's duh. the one that's not orangutan friendly. Like, that's the one that's, like, destroying their habitats actively and, like, doing so in, like, a non-ethical way and stuff like that. Yeah. So, if you are having this discussion, um, a lot of the things that we would always recommend that people do is look into products that, A, either don't need palm oil in them and look for ones that don't have palm oil added. So, like, for instance... Uh, peanut butter is one that a lot of times has palm oil added to it. Yeah. If you think about it, though, peanut butter really just needs peanuts and salt. Right. Like, that's it. And then you have peanut butter. Like, you grind it up and you're good to go. Yep. And it tastes really good that way, too. A lot of times palm oil is added in for extra flavoring yep. and preservative qualities. So if you can find a product like that that doesn't actually need it in its ingredients list and you, and you choose to, like, support a company that does not include it, that can be a great way to help. The other thing that you can do, and probably the better thing that you can do, is if you're going to buy a product, is to do your research and find out if yes. that company uses sustainably sourced palm oil. Fauna! Because palm oil isn't a bad thing. Like, it's a good thing for us as humans. Like I said, it's cheap to produce, and it goes in a lot of stuff, and it's, like, it's a really important factor into, like, helping um, 
I guess, answer the call of like world hunger, you know, like it, it's really valuable for human populations. But right. if we're going to use it, we should use it in a sustainably sourced way. So sustainably sourced palm oil is planted in such a way where the areas are already clear. It's not um, it's not further destroying any habitats. And the growing of that palm oil is done in an ethical way. So you're not actively poaching the animals that live in that area. You're working with the local communities to offer job opportunities so that they have um, an option that's an alternative to some of those more illegal, less animal-friendly job opportunities. So instead of like poaching, they might have like a farming opportunity at a palm oil plantation that can give them more money and like health benefits. So that's a good option too. Um, And it's also something that you can feel good about supporting because you know that your money is going to a company that has like prioritized that over unsustainable practices. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Is there an app? That's literally what I was just about to say. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Tell me. Yes. So one of the (laughs) best, easiest ways that you can become a conscious consumer when you're discussing sustainable and unsustainable palm oil is to look at the ingredients list when you're at the grocery store and look for the presence of palm oil. The second thing that you can do is look at the company that's manufacturing that product. And the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, which is getting a huge shout out here from us on this episode of Keeper Chat, did the most amazing thing in the world. And they created a palm oil shopping app. Killing it. So it's basically, first off, it's free. You can download it for your smartphone. It's available for Android and iPhone. It's super easy to use. And it's basically just a barcode scanner. So if you're at the grocery store, you're looking at a product, you're trying to decide whether you should purchase it, you can scan the barcode and it will immediately give you information on that company and whether or not it is orangutan friendly or not. Like it's so freaking easy. And there are a few things that like, uh, if it if there's not enough information, it will tell you like there's not enough information on this product, but it will right. give you a suggestion for like how you can learn more about that company. And... Um, it'll also it also has like a search function where you can type in like I'm looking for lotion and I want to find one that's orangutan friendly. Nice. And it will like rank different companies and like brands of lotion based on like how friendly orangutan friendly they are or not. So it'll rank it like green, meaning like yeah, it's friendly. You can you should get it and you'll support like sustainable practices. Or it'll be yellow, which means like it's better than the worst thing, but it's like, it still has a way to go. Or it'll be like red, which is like, no, this is not orangutan friendly. It uses unsustainable practices. And it can help inform your shopping decisions every single day. Because it's super easy. I was at the grocery store the other day and I was like picking out lotion and I like pulled up my app and it took me 30 seconds and I found like an orangutan friendly one. And I was like, okay, cool, easy. Well, like, and that's the thing is like, people are like, well, what difference does it make? But like consumerism and like purchasing is voting and purchasing is saying i support this product not this product like they yeah they fucking you might think like well what am i to like four million people like no it makes a, it makes a difference so don't act it like it totally does don't act like it doesn't <laughs> stop yeah, acting like it and, doesn't and all of this is going through the round table for the sustainable oh i'm sorry Roundtable for Sustainable Palm Oil, which is like a group of people that have come together to address the palm oil crisis. And so they're the ones that are like helping fuel all this and like pumping the information out there for people to understand. And they're doing a really great job. And like when they started, you know, it was like a really big monumentous, like a monumentous, monumental task. Yeah. Um, 
But since they've started, there are now so many like big brand companies that have switched and like pledged to become like orangutan friendly, if not already. Like it's their actions have literally made a difference. And a lot of it comes down to not just their hard work, but like people writing into companies and like paying or I'm sorry, like making their voice heard with their dollar and yeah, like reaching out and like telling these these big corporations like what's important to them. And a lot of them have listened. A lot of them are like, you're right. And they've changed their practices. And so it's a really, really easy, quick, free, super awesome way to help out. And it, like, literally takes no money. It takes no time. And you can feel better knowing that you are, like, helping out those animals that live in that habitat. It's the best. I always recommend it to people. Yeah, and, like, little things in the end make a big difference. Yeah. If everyone did one tiny thing, if one person picked up that cigarette butt, if you picked a palm oil, like, friendly peanut butter, if the next person, like, vowed to stop using straws, like, all of that shit adds up. Yeah, it does. You may not think so because you don't see yeah. the effect firsthand, but all of it is cumulative and it all helps. And, like... We always talk about ways to make a difference that don't involve just donating money because I know, like, you and I know, we don't have money to spare. Oh, you know? absolutely like, not. We try we try to put some of our, like, anything extra that we have toward things that we believe in, but that's not reasonable and that's not realistic for a lot of people, and we understand that. So this is one of those things that you can do, especially if it's stuff, because, like, because palm oil is so prevalent, it's likely present in, like, at least 50% of the stuff that you consume every single day. Yeah. So, like, it's something that you, just by, like, taking a few minutes while you're, like, looking at your shopping and you're doing you're doing all of that in the supermarket and you're, like, becoming more conscious about what you do, you can just take those extra seconds to keep that at the forefront of your mind and you make a difference just by like not even doing anything differently. <laughs> right. And it's, it's super easy and it takes nothing and it's something that you can like involve your friends in, your family, like the younger members of your family, they can get involved in that sort of thing. And the more information that you share and the more widely um, or I guess wide these practices become, just like with, you know, using reusable straws or not using straws or like bringing a tote bag to the store and yet instead of using the plastic bag or like using a reusable coffee cup like all those things gain traction because people have been doing them and they keep doing them and they keep sharing that they're doing them so like that's why all of those things are becoming big is because every single person has been making an effort to make them big yeah so yeah it's just one of those things that like orangutans are in trouble and i'm not gonna sugarcoat it and their odds aren't great but they're like the way that I look at it is like extinct means that they're gone time's up endangered means that they still have time and like that time is now so if we can do something now then we can prevent extinction right and it just takes us like making it a priority uh, and it's just off my soapbox. <laughs> well, it's just so scary too that this like large megafauna type species, and nobody can even we can't even save it, you know. Well, and we're trying. That's just it. Is like what all, we're trying. What are all the different plants and bugs that have gone extinct like in our lifetime? Yeah, but at the same time, they too like. I I have like a giant list of zoos. I can't obviously shout out all of them, but like there are so many that do amazing work for all the animals out there, not just oh, the yeah. but for all of them. And like the reason that 
like we always support these places and that we're always trying to like spread their positive message and like help change the like negative stigma around these types of places is that they are doing this good work and like where else are you going to see an orangutan? Like, where else are you going to support an organization that's trying to help them? Like, these places are doing this amazing, incredible work that no one else is. And, like, they deserve support. They deserve respect. Yeah. They deserve your help. They need your help. And so if we can all just stop, like, you know, fighting with one another about, like, who said what and how it was said and, like, what we think is the right way to do things and, like, come together and form a solution, then we're more likely able to, like, achieve success. There's so many great places, and I just, like, can't say enough about zoos that do what they can to house all animals, not just orangutans. But, yeah, I mean, I love them. They're definitely one of my favorite animals. They're amazing. They're so cute. They're so playful. I love them so much. Like, I have such a respect and, like, admiration for them and they throw, they're so inspiring they throw poopy at me i don't like them that they much. throw <laughs> poop at you and that's amazing and i love that and i hope that they can never stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> hope they can do that forever uh um are are there orangutans in the media oh my god there are so many i am going to skip over entirely all of the orangutans that have been used in the entertainment industry because that is Cruel and unusual, and we're not even going to go into that. Oh, Guys, for sure. Don't, don't support that stuff. That's not good. Now that we know better, let's do better. Um, but I am going to talk about Pokemon because, duh, this is our special Nintendo-sponsored Pokemon Amazing. Cast. Is there an orangutan Pokemon? This is all but a, an ad for <laughs> Nintendo. Um, yeah, there is. So there is an orangutan Pokemon. Its name is Oranguru. And you have to look it up immediately. I'm looking. I'm Googling. I'm so... Ah! <gasps> what is this? That was my sound exactly. Guys, we're going to post a photo of this on our social media. <gasps> but just in case look at his, you're just looking for look like an audio anime. description. Yeah. Um, he looks like a weird, like, laser. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> Orangaroo don't get along with each other, so they're always engaging in battles of wits to decide which one is superior. Is that on point you. or not? <laughs> it spends time meditating in the treetops. It throws Pokeballs and gives other Pokemon orders as it pleases. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. It. They did their homework at Nintendo. Known for its extreme intelligence, this Pokemon will look down on inexperienced trainers. Ah! <laughs> That's so accurate. Yeah, Oranguru is incredible. You guys should look it up. Of course he's like fucking weird, psychic. Like space wizard. Of Literally course. looks like a space wizard. Of course. Um, I also wanted to bring up the, since we're talking about apes, the Planet of the Apes movies. Stop, because they're my nightmare yes. incarnate. Yeah, they're terrifying, but um, we're not going to get into that in this episode. But I did want to talk about the fact that, like, like in the original um you know, there were, like, the different casts, kind of, Yes. for, like, the different species. So, like, the chimps were, like, the main yes. characters. Yes. Um, there weren't any bonobos, I guess, because I don't know why. <laughs> but, um, and then there were, like, the gorillas, which were, like, the security, you know, and, like, the big, like, beefy bodyguards. Yeah. And then the orangutans, which were, like, the teachers and, like, the philosophers. Maurice! Yes, Maurice. <laughs> One and only. Uh, yeah, but it's just, like, so accurate. To like what they are in real life they definitely are the thinkers they're so intelligent they're so cunning they're so amazing so a he has 
that like really stereotypical like dreadlock look that the male orangutans get. Yes, yes. Is there a reason for this like orangutan dreadlock situation? Is it just because her hair is so long? Like that's what happens. Like, well, that's for the big males. That's how. That's what they look like. They so just, when they like they just get grow dreads. their cheek pads, yeah, they get dreads. So they just look extra, extra cool, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Like sometimes her hair looks crimped. Can I tell you that who my favorite famous in the media orangutan is? Sure. It is that orangutan. I don't know. <laughs> don't even know the situation. He's just sitting on a. Like he's just like in a hospital and he's just lounging and someone's like removing a bullet from his leg. <gasps> Oh, yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a big mood. <laughs> yes. He's like in major surgery and he's chill as fuck. Oh my god. Okay. I just had the most amazing idea for a meme. It's going to go up with this episode. <laughs> Please. You and I will discuss off the air. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give a TLDL and I'll try to make it quick because I know this episode is a bit long. But everybody loves it because it's so good. This was so good. Yes. So orangutans are great apes. They are native to Southeast Asia, the islands of Borneo and Sumatra. There are now three subspecies of orangutans, Borneo and Sumatran and Tapa Nui, which was newly discovered in 2017 or 2018. I forget which. Um, they are, I said they're great apes. They're considered primates, but that great ape classification is like a further... Um, smaller classification within the large scope of primates. Mm. They're very intelligent. They're very large. They're very strong. They're very cool. (laughs) Did that answer your question? Yes. I think that was it, right? No, just kidding. They're frugivores. They eat mostly fruit. They are arboreal, so they hang out in the trees, and they have a specialized form of movement between those trees known as brachiation. What? Don't they make beds? (laughs) They do. They nest. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, so they use, like, like bits of substrate, hair. Okay, I'm talking about nests. <laughs> they can use like branches and leaves and stuff. And they also like, in addition to regular tool use that all the great apes do, um, they've been observed using like leaves and stuff as like umbrellas when it rains. Shut up. That's what, okay. So like a lot of times, like if you go in to visit like a zoo, they give them like shirts and clothes, and they always put them on. Yes, because they like nest in those things. So they just feel so comf. Is that why they do it? Yeah, I've definitely worked with some that we offer, like, sheets and blankets, and they make them part of their nest, and yeah. then they, like, cuddle up and curl up, and well, they, they just, like, put a, a seat. They put, like, a fucking vest on and, like, wear hats. Like, they just love, like, putting shit on. I think yes, it's more, like, mimicry shit. because they're goofy shit. as shit. Well, they're goofy as shit. I love them. They, like, put, like, <laughs> socks on their hands. I love that shit. <laughs> that is, like, me incarnate. <laughs> um... Yeah, so they are, like, super goofy and playful. They typically are solitary in the wild, but in zoos they have the cool, unique opportunity to live in social groups, which they definitely take advantage of. Um, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff. They're really cool. They're unfortunately considered critically endangered, which means there are very, very few of them left, and they don't have much time left. But they do have time left. So please educate yourselves on sustainable versus unsustainable palm oil look at the your shopping habits be a conscious consumer do not support the pet trade in any way do not share viral videos about like orangutan babies in or like fucking orangutans taking care of baby tigers and all that bullshit yeah yeah or like an orangutan bottle feeding a tiger don't share that shit and discourage others from doing so um spread information about their plate 
See what you can do to help support organizations that help them. All yeah. that fun stuff. We can do it. We can save them. They're amazing. They deserve it. Let's do it. That's They're what... the one that pays for HBO and Netflix. They're the only ones that pay for it. Everybody else just uses their same login. I know. You guys, come on. Like, if nothing else. So give back. Give back for once. <laughs> Quit mooching. For once. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We hope you learned some cool stuff and had a good time hanging out. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, <gasps> Patreon. <laughs> Can you not? I've had 35 epiphanies. We need to give those two people a shout out. Okay, can you let me no. get through one sentence? <laughs> but what if we forget? <laughs> I didn't. It's literally in my notes. Oh, you're so have smart. Faith. All oh I have God. is a all I have is a margarita glass. I don't have any paper. <laughs> great, great. Uh, yeah. So feel free to check out our social media where we post all of these fun stuff and links and info and whatever. We also love getting messages from all of you. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, feel free to reach out to us on any of those, or you can email us at keeperchat at gmail.com. Hi, Mason. Okay. <laughs> Flora is beyond riggedy wrecked, so we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> um, if you guys enjoyed this, also consider sharing it with your friends, family, colleagues, and your grandma and your grandma's friends, family, and colleagues. Yes. Tell we would love that. that little kid that you know, that three-year-old with an iPad, to follow us on, on Twitter. Um, and thank you for, we see you when you share, when people ask for podcasts and you recommend us. We're yes. all over the internet. We get people send us snapshots of you guys talking about us. We see you. So thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Uh, what else? What else? What else? The shout-outs. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. I don't. If I don't have you are names. interested, okay. I do. Oh, <laughs> good. Oh, speak. Good. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> My God. Bafana. <laughs> um, the shoutouts. <laughs> but here's one more thing that I'm gonna interrupt you with for the fiftieth <laughs> fucking time. Um, and I think that's about it. If you guys are interested in becoming patrons, we highly recommend it. Join us at patreon.com slash keeperchat where you get a bunch of special bonus content. And you can just like hang out with us and hear extra episodes. Who doesn't want that? I know I do. Yeah, and the moment you sign up, you get access to all of the bonus content that is already there, plus future bonus content. So like the moment you subscribe, you've got like four or five hours of content already. I don't know. I don't know how long we've had Patreon. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Probably a good bit. And a let's play of Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. That's worth millions. Hmm. We took a picture of that sad sea lion. What? Oh, yeah. Remember? He got <gasps> stuck in the dam, and we took his photo while he's crying. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that. Okay. Also, guys, we wanted to give two extra shout-outs that we, I'm sorry, neglected when we were going through all of our, like, BuzzFeed recommendations well, back way back when that happened. I'm so sorry. We saw that you sent it in and for some reason just didn't have it on a list. So our shout-outs go to Jose M. and Diane A. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We're the worst. We're so sorry. We love you. But you're the best, and that's really all that matters. True, 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 true. Okay, we're wrapping this up for show. Bye. That's the end of this week. I need Stop. to go to bed. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's the end of this week. Next week, Flora is going to present her animal of choice. Until then, everyone, just be cool. We'll talk to you all later. I just hit my microphone and goodbye. <laughs>
smell you later.